<laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, nope. we can hear you. No, I, but I can feel you, Shy. I can oh. feel you, man. Oh, you got my present. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole, never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent talent-matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want, to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. And if you go check them out at the show's link, that's hired.com slash adventures in Angular, you can get double their normal hiring bonus. So instead of $300, you get $600 for signing up at our link. That's hired.com slash adventures in Angular. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel, we have Alyssa Nichol. Hello, hello. Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Just a quick shout out about Angular Dev Summit. Go check it out, angulardevsummit.com. It's going to be online, it's going to be free, and it's going to be awesome. So, And it'll be in September. Uh, we also have a special guest this week, and that's Shai Resnick. Shai, you want to say hi? Hi. Hello, everyone. Now, every time that Shai has been on the show, I have not been able to make it. And wow, so he, right. gives, he gives me a bad time every time we talk. So this ends that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck, for clearing out your schedule <laughs> and, uh, and made it. Like, thanks. Thanks yeah. for that. Well, I had surgery last week. I didn't sleep last night and I'm still here. So you owe me. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take, take you out for Diet Coke. Oh, there we go. <laughs> anyway, we we brought you on and uh, we were discussing what we wanted to talk about. And one of the things that you pointed out was that you're still betting on Angular. You're working on Angular courses. You're still in the Angular community. And it seems like there's a lot of steam behind React and some of the other things going on. I hear Vue.js is picking up steam. And I thought it well, you thought it'd be interesting, and I agree, and most of the other panelists agree, that it'd be interesting to talk about why you're still betting on Angular. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So let's do it. So it, I've been getting this question a lot since, like, like I don't know, three years ago, okay? So I, I, I've I've been working on, on Angular courses for uh, my website, highres.io, and... The first thing I did is to sit down and write an episode. I have a new free course called Angular Basics. And the second episode is called Why Angular? And it addresses all the questions I'm, I've been getting. Also in my Facebook group, JavaScript Israel, we get a lot of questions about why, what should I choose? Should I bet on that? Should I bet on that? Because... Basically, it's gambling, right? You, <laughs> you, 
you don't know like what what's gonna be in like six months from now. So it, we are always gambling. And I did a talk last year in Angular Connect called "Why I'm Betting <laughs> My Future on Angular 2" just after it got released and. That talk was more about the psychology behind Angular or like the, um, the community aspects and, the, you know, the, the non-technical reasons. But uh, because I only had like 20 minutes, but I prepared this whole argument because I needed for myself to to bet on something because I believe that when you teach someone who doesn't have any experience or background with web development, if you're giving them several choices, like, uh, hey, here, here's an intro to 10 different things, and now you choose, okay, what to learn, uh, I think you're doing uh, them a misservice or a disservice. Because... Um, because basically, when you don't know <laughs> anything, okay, you need someone else to tell you what to choose, uh, just to get going. And then later, you can like uh, when you pick pick up uh, experience, you you can you know try different things and compare them. So at high res, I, I took a decision to teach a specific stack, and I needed to pick a, a framework. And so I had like several reasons like in my checklist to to pick a specific framework that I want to, I want to teach uh, people who are just starting out in uh, web development and something that will help them both um, learn JavaScript or like architecture and structure and best practices and also help them get a job and not something that will become obsolete in I don't know one year's time. So, so when I, you were when you were making like this decision, did you end up making like a spreadsheet and you like wrote like all of the frameworks and then like had checkboxes or something? Like how did how did you end up deciding? Please say yes. So <laughs> what I said, please say yes. <laughs> you want me to be that nerd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, I'm an artist. I do this thing by intuition. Uh, so, <laughs> so basically, I, I've been doing it for this uh, stuff uh, for several years. I didn't like one day uh, did uh, the, this like checklist. I. I've been doing this checklist over time, like over like several years, ever since React, when React came, was like uh, getting more publicity. I, I, I actually checked, checked it out and, and saw and added to the comparison chart. Okay. And so like what it solves or what it doesn't deal with. And, and, and now like recently Vue.js also uh, became uh, popular and also I, I spoke I have a lot of friends from the JavaScript community uh, who like everyone is choosing a different framework and I have like lots of perspectives from my friends because because when you see the documentation or see like a cool lecture about something you always see the 
the the great stuff, right? The the stuff that always work, and you know, uh, and you start fantasizing about, wow, I can build a mobile app in one minute. Uh, <laughs> but but it usually isn't the case. When only when you start working with it, you you get into the you know the hard parts, okay, or the stuff that the quirks and the stuff that doesn't work, that don't work out of the box and stuff you need to work around. And every framework or library have this like uh, quirks. So, so I've been speaking with friends about it and I've been checking all the, the documentation and, and been playing with, with stuff and simulating real life scenarios that I had and, and trying to figure out how could I solve it with the other solutions. So it all came down to this, like the following uh, checklist. And, and this is what I, I, I crammed down into fi a five minute uh, episode <laughs> of my course. And it basically comes down to this like questionnaire I'm asking myself about First of all, about the framework, okay? Uh, can, the, can the framework handle my requirements? So first of all, what are my requirements? And because I'm, I'm doing like consulting work with big clients and, and enterprise companies and, and, and big products, I want a framework that could handle that kind of scale and scale in terms of team size and also lines of code or product or amount of files and amount of features. So that was the first question. Can it handle it? And how, so I already said it, but how big is the, the app going to be? And uh, also, is it a long-term or short-term project? Because if it's a short-term project, you can basically choose whatever and you'd, you'd be cool because... You know, you don't uh, you don't need to maintain it for for a long term. But if it's a long term one, you want something that will be uh, good in terms of maintainability. And also, how big is the team? Am I working alone on this or or not? And then when when I, I start asking these questions about all the alternatives, first of all, I think the the big three today are Angular two and above, Angular four and above, okay, Vue and and React. And I think they are all like I see a lot of uh, enthusiasm uh, and, co and great communities around all three. So I think they are all like all three are valid solutions for me. I, I chose Angular because, first of all, Angular in terms of all three, only Angular and Vue are frameworks and React is is a library. And in order to actually build a full-blown app with routing and forms and whatever, you need several libraries, uh, like completing libraries, in order to, to build your own stack or your own framework. And that's what I'm saying with, with React, okay? And I keep asking my React friends, what do you do when, you, when you're starting out? And they're all like pointing at different... Uh, starter uh, projects and so that I think uh, if if we compare like a library to a framework, not React to Angular, but in general a library to a framework. Let me ask you guys, what do you think are the differences between a library and a framework? Yeah. Well, I find that a lot of times people talk about this concept, and I don't know if they have 
you know, it's it's always a very personal, the, a very vague and subjective thing about, well, a framework could, includes, is prescriptive and includes a lot of things, and library is just a piece of it. But you look at something like React, and people constantly say React is a library and not a framework in Angular. It's a framework, and I would mostly agree with that, but I don't know that the line is so clear that it's something you're going to see and, you know, you can't define it in a college course, this is exactly what a framework because this is exactly what a library is, right? They just sort of tend one towards another because if you take React and put together the three most common pieces that are used with it, then it's a framework. If you take Angular and only import Angular slash core, then it's a library, right? You got to have the other pieces or else it's not a whole thing. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree, but, but the, the thing comes down, I think it comes down to integration. And I think that that's the big thing because if you if you're like building your own framework, uh, if you're going, I I think I, I I see the React way as building your own stack and had this uh, argument not not an argument but his my friend's argument was uh, in favor of React that this uh, this uh, practice of choosing your own framework or building your own framework out of libraries is a is a good uh, practice in if you want to be become more uh, a more um, professional JavaScript developer, mm-hmm. and I I can agree with that because I think it's it's just like building your own computer uh, versus buying a brand name one like uh, out of the box because if you build your own computer it requires a lot of research, right? You need to understand what you, what you're doing and how all the pieces work together and, you know, choose the different like piece in, in each category, choose the right piece in each category and, and integrate everything together. But the problem is that, as you know, in our JavaScript happy little world, every week we got a new update for something. And keeping keeping up with all the updates and figure out all the integrations. And if you want to upgrade one library, all of a sudden it doesn't work with another library. Then you basically find yourself like uh, trying to integrate or fix stuff or like choosing the right version and and all that. And that that's how I see it. So it comes with a cost because. Sure, you, you you understand more, you read the source code, you do the research. The research itself may be, help you like learn a lot more and become more professional. But over time, I think it it costs you more like trying to integrate everything. And uh, th- this is my experience when when I ch- like when I chose that route like building my own stack and trying to to like integrate everything together. I think what you get with the framework when everything is where everything is built in the same, I don't know, development house, okay, which is uh, Google or the Angular team in in Angular's case, um, you get like they do the integration for you for most of the parts. No, it's not perfect. It's still like you need libraries to complete stuff, but uh, to make it more complete, but you get this integration, I think, for free. Um, so wh- what do you think about that? I, I think I think you have a point. Um, for me, the way that I would put what you're saying is that, I mean, yes, everything in Angular is sort of tied up in the framework, and it's all there, and it integrates nicely. 
But for me, that's not really the big selling point so much as the fact that I don't actually have to know to use Redux or MobX or, you know, whatever it is that I'm going to plug in to React. I don't have to go set it up in the first place. So for me, it's just, oh, hey, I can save a whole bunch of time, effort, and trouble by just doing things the standard Angular way and then knowing where I need to deviate from it if I need to do something else. As opposed to, you know, in the React, in the case of React, it feels like, you know, you could adopt a stack and kind of do the same thing, but there's not mm -hmm. a standard set of documentation around it and it doesn't have the kind of cohesive support as far as setting up and running it and making it all work that Angular gives you. Yeah. Okay, so so if you, you take the metaphor, the custom computer metaphor, it's the I think I think we're talking about the same thing. Like uh, it requires more knowledge. Yeah. Basically, there, there's less so mental no overhead for me to use it. Yeah. And, and that's and uh, there's more there's more widespread expertise across the general case because everybody's using mostly the same stack. Yeah. So that's that's one thing in terms of when I judge it in like big enterprise projects, like compare stuff, that's the thing. This is my context. When you compare maybe Angular on, I don't know, smaller scale projects or like, you know, startups that have like uh, uh, smaller teams and they run faster and, you know, and, and they need to, to move faster. If you choose React, I think you have like a, a shorter learning curve and those are like, uh, this is one benefit. And also, um, and you have uh, also, I think in terms of communities, you have, I think the same size com community in both like Angular and React. So it's not really a big, um, a big advantage to either one. And I think both communities have really, really smart people uh, in them. And I think the fact that you, you have those choices, is good for everyone because it keeps everyone on like uh, like on the innovative edge, and that's another thing I like about Angular is the innovation part because I'm seeing what's happening behind the scenes, like on the Slack channel and and also uh, the plans and and stuff like that. And the Angular team and the contractors around it are are really innovative in my opinion, like they, they see like few years ahead and, and trying to, to solve s stuff that we'll, we'll be dealing with like in two years time and not like, um, staying, staying put and, 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 and thinking like, okay, we got everything solved and, you know, let's, let's enjoy the fruit of a labor and see like a <laughs> lot of stars on GitHub or something like that. Um, and one of, and, one of my favorites, like on that note is just, the f as far as like their openness and stuff, uh, there was a conversation about negative things um, in Angular. And it was really, really cool to see like some of the people on the Angular core team um, just step up. And instead of being like, yeah, well, those people are just haters. They're like, mm -hmm. cool. So we see that. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to fix it? And so just seeing that that attitude, like it's just I don't know. It's been, it's one of my main reasons for why I'm betting on Angular. So sorry, Shai, I just want to step in there and share yeah. that part. Yeah. Are you ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day intense workshop class for individuals or teams. They cover Angular 4 and 2 and focus on the skills and knowledge you need for complex data-rich applications. They also still offer AngularJS for teams supporting older projects. 
bring them to your site or send developers to them in St. Louis, San Francisco, New York, DC, and other cities and online at angularbootcamp.com. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, I, I agree uh, 100%. And I think if, if I'm, um, it's, it, this is what I talked about on my Angular Connect talk, uh, which was on the Angular team and, and their attitude and, and, and stuff like that. But and I mentioned Vue, so Vue is is, a, is also a framework. So all the benefits of a framework you get with Vue.js. The the only thing I didn't see in Vue is dependency injection, which for me was the ma- the killer feature of uh, of Angular one, and because it allowed me to test my code better, and in Angular two they improved it a whole lot, so they rewrote everything in terms of dependency injection, and now it's much, much better. So I didn't see it in Vue, and I was wondering, I asked a few friends who are writing with Vue how they write tests with it. And they told me, yeah, we don't write that many tests. So I don't, so it's not to say that uh, you don't write tests with Vue, it's probably just my lazy friends don't write tests, but, <laughs> but, um, but, but that's one thing that I'm still like, um, trying to figure, figure out. And the second thing is that it prides itself of being like a JavaScript framework and hence no TypeScript. So you could do TypeScript with Vue, but I really liked the decision that Angular made with TypeScript. I think it was one of the better decisions they they've made because I see it they like day to day how much time and frustration it saves when working on a big team when you do a change and you immediately see where things uh, are broken and all that stuff. So and, and you when you get an entity and you just hit dot and get all the properties and all that stuff. So that's another big plus, I think, for for Angular. What about you guys? What do you think are the pluses for Angular? Well, I consider myself to be not extremely knowledgeable about the other frameworks. I know a little bit about them, and uh, I think they're all great. So I know, I know what I like about Angular, which isn't to say that... Uh, other frameworks too, or do not have these things. But mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of it is also just familiarity. I like the the uh, community a lot. I think, I think Angular has a great community. I've participated in a lot of communities before. I got in a front end development even since, and I think that Angular's got one of the best communities I've participated in. Mm-hmm. And it's just familiarity as well, right? I was I did Angular one. I'm familiar with that. So Angular two works really well as also for me. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned you mentioned community. That that's another thing that when I when I assess like um, like again, I agree. I completely agree. I think there in terms of solutions, uh, I think all all three are great solutions. And I don't like I don't want to this like you know conversation to be one that I'm like bashing uh, like anyone else or something like that. I, I, I don't, I just, it's just my personal opinion, uh, co- like comparing, trying to, to, to figure out for my use case, uh, what I'm thinking is like the best, uh, the best solution currently. But 
I'm I'm also like a, a loyal guy, but but if if there is something I, I moved a lot of communities because the technology got stuck. So and, and I just needed a better solution. So I have no problem like switching or even adopting a new uh, technology alongside. So I, I don't, I, me personally, I, I'm not staying only because of the community. I really love the community and my, I did a whole talk about the community, but, um, I think that, that, um, it's, it's, it's also the, like the, the technology. And, and when I, when I, again, if I, if I'm currently like views, like just, I think picking up the popularity, and I think in terms of um, if like one year from now, I think it will become even more popular. But currently, I think the fact that Angular has like a big support in terms of like the community reach and also is backed up by uh, lots of resources and a dedicated big team that works on it. I think it's another big check mark in the in the support checkbox or something like that. Can mm -hmm. I chime in here real quick? Because I, I do have a question for you, Shai. I mean, we've talked a lot about why we like Angular and why we think it's a good solution. But when we were talking about this on the email, you said you're working on Angular courses. And so it seems like it's not just betting on Angular being the best solution, but also there being enough people coming into Angular and doing Angular to make it worth making the courses. So, you know, it's it's not just a question of is Angular the best solution, but the market. You know, it seems like a lot of the market is moving toward React or Vue or something else, you know. And, mm -hmm. and yes, there's still part of the market that's moving into Angular, but is that going to be is that going to be sustained, do you think? I so I I see stuff as like waves in the ocean. It's like the stock market for me. And I've been I've been doing it like with Flex back in the day of Flash and also in Angular One and and I saw I saw you always see the same thing. It's like a wave. In the start, you get like a hype around a certain technology, and if it sticks more than like six months, you have like this a real thing. Okay, it's a real thing and not like just a hype. And then uh, lots of people start to adopt it and and it becomes larger and larger and larger in terms of community size and adoption and then it might like hit uh, i don't know like break like like a wave and start going down uh, and you can see it with lots of technologies so and you can see you could see it with angular one for example so back in 2012 they issued uh, they went out with 1.0 and then like lots of people didn't know wh what the hell is this thing angular <laughs> okay I, i'm using jquery or backbone or other like solutions but i don't know what what angular like does for me and it took like i don't know six months to a year for people to understand and get it like why is it good uh back then and then people started adopting it and you can always tell by also the enterprise companies like until it reaches them. And most of my clients were like big companies. So I saw this trend over time and it got to people only in 2013, 14. This is when the wave was big, bigger or at its peak. And then React 
came came out and in the start also all the i call them the the fast uh the fast people okay that that are like early more, adopters early mm-hmm. adopters but but like faster to jump on the wagon because they have more experience and then they they can like pick up something really quick so they they picked up uh, react and start play with it and and start like writing about it and, and 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 get excited about it and and it really i think it really solved the pain points of angular one and a lot of people migrated from angular one to in smaller projects uh, they started the, their new smaller projects in react and then their smaller projects became bigger and they need to to find to to find uh, more like libraries to support it and a data layer and and um, and then then like um, Redux and because Redux came out and then Mobix and you no know, I think we are now in the big like adoption wave of of React and I think you can see the same thing with Vue Vue came out it it's also been here like few years but it just now became like you know, popular. This is like the start, the 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 enthusiasm, and I think in, that's why I'm saying in two years from now, uh, maybe it will reach its peak. And I cannot tell uh, about like how React and the view wave, how long it will last. Uh, I'm sure that all three technologies that we're talking now <laughs> about now will become obsolete. I think in like ten years. Okay, but uh, but until then. Um, I think like in the, I think we are now in the start of the wave of Angular, the new Angular. And I think one year from now, and we'll check it, check this episode in one year or two years from now, and uh, we'll see if I, I was right or not. But uh, I think we will reach the, the peak there because what I'm seeing is like I have this survey on my website that people like ask for like new courses and I'm seeing like lots of demand for, for Angular and it keeps like getting higher and higher. And I get like lots of calls from enterprise company now just starting to, so up until now it was, should I choose that? Should I choose that? And now I've, I've been getting like calls about, okay, we need a we need a workshop. We need the training. We need um, we need that stuff. So I think that we are in. I don't know if the start of the wave. The start of the wave, I think, was when they announced it. I think now we are in the like six months or something like that uh, in. And I think in one year from now, when things will get more st- stabilized, even will reach this popularity peak or maybe two years. That's my my bet. This is what I'm betting, like, but I, I may be wrong and, and, but this is what, why I'm, I'm choosing to do most of my courses around Angular and teach like TypeScript and all that stuff related to it, because I'm, I think it's, it's, it covers, it's a solution that covers small apps and large apps. And when you learn it, you don't need to learn a whole new technology when your app becomes bigger or when you want to switch jobs to a bigger product or a bigger company. And so this is the value I think it gives to, to students or people who are just learning. And, um, and I think it will become more popular and more popular. Now, I'm, I'm just going to chime in on this because I basically watched some similar things happen with Ruby on Rails. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was very popular for a long time. And then... 
you know, a lot of people moved off to Node.js or Elixir or things like that. And they're, you know, some people are building apps over there, but a lot of development is still happening in Rails. It's just that because it's stabilized and there's not as much stuff going on there, um, it, it doesn't get as much of the news cycle. And so people don't hear about it as much and they assume that it's dying or dead, where in reality it's still going strong. And I think that's one of the things that you're, you're talking about here. You know, there's a lot of people there. Are, well, there's a lot of talk about uh, innovations in Vue and React because people are still figuring out some of the stuff there. And eventually it'll stabilize as Angular has to some degree. And yeah, the wave will crest and then it'll come back down. And there are still going to be people doing Angular just like there will still be people doing React or Vue or whatever else as something else kind of comes up as the next innovative way of making web applications. I, I, I don't see React or Vue, especially React, I don't see it like go, go away soon. Because and I don't want it to go away soon right. because I think they have uh, lots of smart people over there, especially like people like Dan Abramov. Um, and I think there's a lot of problems we have in web development. And the main one is the data layer, which I think isn't solved yet in like large scale uh, applications. And I really like the, the fact that we have this like few options to choose from and, and people working on all sides to basically solve the same problems. We're basically solving the same problems. So if we zoom out from this whole discussion, we're all like one big JavaScript family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we benefit each other immensely when we try to solve the same thing. So people can pick up ideas from either framework or library and, and just like implement them and make use of them. Yep. I'd, I'd really be interested no. to, to hear what our audience has to say. So if you want to go comment on this episode, that would be awesome. Uh, just let us know where you're at and, you know, kind of well, I've tried this and I've tried that and this is why I'm still doing Angular or maybe I've tried this and I've tried that and I'm interested in Angular, but I'm doing React or whatever. You know, let us know where you're at. Let us know uh, kind of where you're settling into and uh, it'd be really interesting just to see where everybody's at. All right, well, let's go ahead and do some picks. This episode is sponsored by Newbie Remote Conf. Newbie Remote Conf is a two-day completely virtual conference hosted by none other than Charles Maxwood. If travel expenses are an issue or you just can't afford to be away from home for two days, then join us. It's virtual. This conference is focused on people who are new to programming who want to learn what the pros know or just get a leg up in getting a job and getting into the programming community. We'll have speakers from all over the programming community to help you stay current and a Slack room where you can connect with speakers and other attendees in real time. We'll also have a live roundtable video chat for attendees and speakers, plus we'll provide the talk recordings to you within days of the conference. Joe, do you have some picks for us? I do indeed have picks, Chuck. I do indeed. We had a whole episode on it, but I want to also just throw out there again, ngdoc.io. It's a great resource if you're learning, if you've got anything you could possibly learn about Angular, which I think should include just about anybody that's working with Angular. I think we're almost to 600 different resources now, Alyssa. Woo! Ow! Yeah. Uh, nice. on there and it's constantly climbing we get like five or ten out of the day so blog articles youtube videos courses tons of stuff so i want to mention that i also had a recent experience where i was trying to do some i was trying to figure out some stuff with the ui router and migrating from angular one to angular from angular js to angular right 
Hmm. And man, I was just banging my head against the wall and I talked to the Angular UI guy and I've been working at this problem basically for over a week. And finally, just actually right before we started recording this episode, I figured it out. But I kind of wanted to put in a plug for just persistence and not giving up, right? Like <laughs> I could have at some point said, ah, just this just isn't going to work. I can't get this to work. Or maybe I'm just not smart enough or whatever. But instead, I just kept banging my head and decided I'm going to figure this out no matter what. And it took me <laughs> over a week, but I did finally figure it out and get it working. So just a plug for, you know, being... Being persistent and keeping at something until you get it figured out. Hmm. Awesome. Those are my picks. There's definitely something to be said for persistence. Alyssa, what are your picks? Hey, so I just have one pick since Joe already did NGDoc. And mine is HiRes.io. I don't know if you all know this, but, <laughs> but Shai does some amazing courses on there. And I've seen his latest one. And as usual, it delivers in all beautiful shy fashion of hilariousness and um, very informative. So check out highres.io if you haven't yet. And that is my pick for today. <laughs> all right. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump in here with a couple of picks. So I've been reading these books to my kids and they absolutely love them. Now, some people have political leanings. This is going to offend you a little bit just because the author is Rush Limbaugh. But they're children's books. They're not highly political. And the story is American history. And it's this time-traveling horse. My kids think the horse is freaking hilarious because he says <laughs> all kinds of stupid stuff. Um, and anyway, uh, they're terrific books. If you're trying to teach your kids American history, I definitely recommend these books. They're called Rush Revere. And then, um, you know, the first one's Rush Revere and the Brave Pilgrims. The one I've been reading to them now is Rush Revere and the American Revolution. And so they're, uh, they keep time traveling back to Boston, 1775, and seeing things like they just met up with Paul Revere and helped him get to the boat where he crossed the Charles River to, you know, to ride to let John Adams and, or Samuel Adams and anyway, a few people in uh, Lexington and Concord know that the British were coming and, uh, you know, the whole lantern and one if, one if by land and two if by sea. Anyway, so my kids all know this stuff now. And it's really fun and really cool to just, you know, have them uh, kind of get to know who these people were. So, you know, the last book we read, it had George Washington and uh, Patrick Henry and all these people from American history, Ben Franklin. Um, so anyway, just, just terrific, terrific books. Um, another pick that I'm going to throw out there is this hot sauce that... Tracy Lee actually picked on the show a while back and it is so freaking good. I put it on everything and it's the Palo Alto really? fire firefighters, uh, hot sauce. It is so good. Did you just buy it online? Yeah, you just buy it online. So I got, I got two bottles. I got the, they had a pack with like the regular stuff and the, I guess the other stuff's like more spicy and I haven't tried that one yet, but just the regular, uh, Palo Alto's firefighters. Um, sauce is so good and I've been doing this ketogenic diet so I put them on my eggs and things like that and oh uh, wow anyway oh, I, I remember keto <laughs> well I'm, oh, I'm down I'm down seven pounds and my blood sugar is much better under control so nice good thing for me <laughs> all right shy what are your picks 
Okay. <laughs> Sounded weird. Uh, so my picks um, are, I have three picks. The first one is regarding the user experience world. I've been learning a lot about user experience uh, because I'm redesigning uh, high-res. Uh, to be more uh, more easy to use, and I, I bumped into this uh, YouTube channel called Future, but without an E in the end. I will uh, I will post a link, uh, and they have this amazing online uh, like free online YouTube workshops uh, that teach you. They actually sit down with clients and analyze their business and see like how to look at it from the client perspective and all that stuff and explain the psychology behind it. So it's really, really, really great stuff. So I will, um, I will post a link to that. So this is one pick. The second pick are decorators, <laughs> which is a big thing in, in Angular, but also it's a TypeScript uh, feature and it's supposed to get into JavaScript eventually. And I've been getting into it because I'm writing uh, something that will help test like uh, Angular uh, components and services uh, in a much easier way. So I've been reading about that more and, and trying to figure out how Angular wrote the dependency injection mechanism and how they use decorators and all that stuff. So I've learned a lot of, about it. And the more I learn, the more I see how much value they can add to our day-to-day uh, -day programming. So decorators, they are just functions, not, don't have to be alarmed or <laughs> afraid of them. Uh, They're just functions that give you co absolutely co all the control you need over a method or a class. And you can change everything and the implementation of a method if you want to. So check out decorators uh, on the TypeScript the documentation. And also, and the last pick is, uh, th thanks, Alisa, for mentioning Hi-Res. We do, like, <laughs> I, like I said, uh, we do have a new course, a new free course called the Angular Basics. And by the time this episode will get out, I think it will be live. So it's, it's really for people who just like, don't know anything about Angular. I try to, to make the easiest way to learn it and the funniest way because you know, we always try to teach Angular and like while well, having people smile along the way. And I don't know if it sounds good or not, but so, yeah, so we have this new course and uh, you can check it out. Also, I'll give you a link to that. And those are my picks. Woo! Awesome. Now, I ask this every time and you've been on a few times, but if people want to follow you or see what you're doing, hires.io, are there other places they should go? Twitter or GitHub or something? Yeah, we have uh, Hi-Res and, and you have the Hi-Res Twitter, which we post like cool stuff there. And we have my best personal email, um, email, Twitter, which is shy underscore Resnick. So those are the ways. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up and we will catch you all next week. Peace. Thanks. Thank you. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more. <laughs>